Hi, and welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. Wake up the wonder. Because even though that you are in the middle of the most incredible relationship, if you're in relationship with God, sometimes it can, you know, it, it can get watered down. Sometimes the static starts to get in the line and you're just, you're focusing on so many other things and you forget how awesome it is just to be in relationship with him. How beautiful to read his word, um, you know, to, to, to commune with him in the spirit, to be used by him, to walk with him daily, for him to be your shepherd and for you to be uh, the, you know, just the apple of his eye, the, the one that, that he loves and cares about. It's easy um, whenever people People are shouting so many other things in our ears and into our life to forget how amazing he is and how beautiful this is to walk with God. Stop acting like what you have with God is commonplace because it is not. And it cost Jesus his very life and his blood shed on the cross. Amen. Maybe you're here today and, uh, and we need to start somewhere else because you haven't really... Um, given your heart to Jesus Christ, you're not really walking fully with him. You're, you're not, you know, whatever Bible term you would like me to use, whatever salvific term, soteriological term, that means get saved. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and that's whether you have before, you, you prayed, or you, but you're not really walking with him. You're not living for him. He's not the most important thing in your life. You have not been saved and changed and it's okay it's okay but we want we want to see Christ revealed in such a way that we would want to have that change we want to make that change and that we would walk with him and be saved new life that's why I've always loved the name of our church new life church is what it's about amen so um, worship team you can you can be seated it always is such a nice buffer, though, whenever, uh, you know, whenever we have uh, you know, the, the music playing. But I want to give them a break. Those heels were not made for standing. <laughs> yeah. Brother Al greeted her and said, oh, you got your, you got your low heels on today <laughs> this morning. See, but the thing is, she's so short that we wouldn't. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm almost the second tallest person on the third, Ben, on this platform. New life. I want to talk about new life real quick. Um, how many of you have, uh, have taken on a New Year's resolution? Maybe you didn't even call it that because you're too cool for that, but uh, you decided to make some changes, um, you know, in your finances. Amen? Good. I think some of you should. <laughs> Maybe that's probably true. <laughs> like, I know I did. I did. I have, you know, I've been, uh, I, 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 you know, in the five days that it's been, <laughs> you know, I have turned over a new leaf, have I not? I mean, I'm helping more with the, uh, you know, with the house stuff, you know, helping more, you know, and we're not going out to eat as much, trying to save money, trying to hoard, you know, all the money that we can. So I'm trying to get some good, um, and I, I have, Sister Charlotte, where are you at? Guess how many Red Bulls I've had in the last five days? Zero. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying here. I'm doing this thing where, uh, you know, it's like the, the caffeine-flavored deal that goes into the bottle of water, right? It's just not, it's not that great. But I'm trying to do better. I'm trying to do better. And I even, like, you know, 
I, I, the way that I eat, you know, it's not, I, I wanted to make some changes there, not even just uh, to lose weight necessarily, it's just stop eating trash all the time, right? That can't be good for me. It cannot be good long-term or short-term. Maybe I would feel better. So I'm making all these little changes, and I was doing really good, and then um, we, we, she nannies these babies, these, these kids, and they're, they're three beautiful blonde girls, like, you know, they're like two years old and four years old and then, you know, whatever the other one is, but, you know, they're, and they're so sweet, and so we nannied them, um, and I was at the house. They came over to the house last night, and I love these kids. They come to church sometimes. Some of them come to church uh, more than some, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're more faithful. Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. But so they're at the house, and, and I'm nannying, you know, and by that I mean I just turn on, you know, Peppa Pig and sit there and look at my phone or whatever I do, you know, whenever I was doing it because you were gone and I had to take them. Point is, they come, and they, have, they get right up in my face. Oh, we haven't seen you in so long, Joe. They love me, and they give me hugs, you know, hugging my leg, you know, celebrating. They're very animated, you know. They're just like dancing around, woo, you know, and they love to dance, and they're dancing around me, and I just... I'm enjoying it. And they said, where's this? Here's your present. Yeah, we got his present. Yeah, Jojo, here's your present. And they have this little a present. And it's, you know, it's not real well wrapped. It's a, you can see the candy bar sticking out of the top of the side. I was like, what could it be? And it was a, a king-size Reese's and a Snickers bar. And what did I just tell you? I'm trying here. I'm trying to, and I, you know, and it's first of the year, and so I was like, oh, oh man, look at those, look at that. You know, I love chocolate. How many of you have been to our Christmas service where we have the meal, and I go around and take up a collection of all the people who don't like their chocolate, and then I stash it in my office and eat it like a miser for the next three weeks? I do this. I love chocolate, so they bring it to me, and I'm like, oh man, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? And even worse. You know, the, the, the littlest one, like the one that I'm closest to. Um, you know, she's dancing around. Ooh, we got him chocolate. I told you he would love that one. And I take it in my hand. And then they, they, they're all looking at me. And then she gets in my face and says, eat it. <laughs> Go ahead and eat it. We got it for you. Eat it. And I ate the whole king size and the whole Snickers bar right in front of them and just caved, man, caved. And I regret nothing. Regret nothing. Worth it. Worth it. And I was like, man, how long, how long that lasted? Still didn't go out. I, I was tempted to just go out and buy a Red Bull and just, you know, because that's the thing. You know, whenever you've broken the deal down and then you're just like, I might as well just eat the furniture, I'll do every, like, you know, I've already, I've already messed up the diet, so let's mess up in style, let's go do something, let's get it. I know some of you do that. Now, here's the problem, some of you do that with other things. And then whenever you slip up, man, that was a quick, segues are weird anyway. Um, some of you get into a negative cycle of living or something that you, know, you struggle with. It doesn't have to be the worst thing in the world. It could be. But whatever it is. And you get into this negative cycle. And then you goof up one time. And then the enemy starts to work on you. And says, well, might as well. You know, 
because you're now not in good standing with God, you might as well just headlong go into this cycle of negativity, of negative thinking, of anger, of losing your temper, of you know, putting things in front of you that have no business being in front of you, of these things, um, you know, whatever it may be. The enemy loves that because then he can turn like one mistake into a lifestyle. Let me, let, me, let me rewind that and say it again. The enemy loves that because he can turn a mistake into a lifestyle. Amen? Yeah, we're over here, and, and, and we get, we're, we're very hard on ourselves, you know, that it's a natural tendency, because we'll have an experience, you know, in the altar or in worship, and we'll say, I would like to turn that into a lifestyle, and then we walk out of here, and then, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, praise God, I said, ah. <clears throat> and then just derail the whole experience for you, right? You ever been that way? Are you operating, maybe you're already in, a, uh, in, in that cycle. You know, you just tripped out of the gate, you know, brought the kids over one time, they put chocolate in front of me, and I failed. Failed royally. I was up later that night, and I was looking for more chocolate, because I, and I did, and I found some in the pantry. Because I had already messed up what was the point and continuing to try because I always mess up. We need to get past that. Amen? We do. Let's read, let's read the Bible. Let's read the Bible. What do you say? Revelations 21 and 5. Revelation 21 and 5. I'm just going to read this one snippet, um, and then we're going to revisit it more fully later. Revelation 21 and 5. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I... Make all things new. And he said to me, write, for these words are true and faithful. Isn't that great? When I, and I was trying to reference the verse in my head. Sometimes, like, as preachers or Christians or pastors, whoever, um, we, we kind of have it, like, in our head one way, and then you go back and you read it, and you're like, oh, well, that didn't say it, you know, because there's a song by Free Chapel that I love. It's like, you make all things new. And so I was actually looking for the reference, you know, and then I, and finally I found it. I was like, oh, that's even better. It's one thing for me to say you know, something about God. It's another thing for God to say something about himself. And he says, listen, I make all things new. Powerful, powerful promise. Now I'm going to go over to uh, Isaiah 40 and 31. And we're going to reference these in the coming weeks probably. Because um, we're going to try it. Some of you old Christians. You old warriors. You old saints of God. I'm going to try and wake up the wonder a little bit. Try and stir up the passion for who he is, for Christian living, for walking with joy and passion and zeal after him. A new lease on that beautiful relationship that we have with God. Let's wake it up. Let, 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 let's, let's do the things that we know to do, to walk in boldness and, and joy with our creator and be who he's called us to be in this dark and desperate world. Amen. Isaiah 40 and 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. See, the only way um, that God renews people is not just through the salvation experience because some of you are a long ways past that, and you're still just not quite firing on all cylinders, are you? You know? 
and you just need, the Bible says that there's something for us too. Whenever he is on the throne and he is saying some stuff in Revelation, he says, behold, I make all things new. And that encompasses a lot. It encompasses more than just the new believer and just the person who comes you know, and, and has that experience with Christ that one time. He wants to make things and parts and places in our heart, whether you're saved or not saved, he can make you like new. He can wake up that part of you that has just become cynical. I almost made this weird preacher joke and they like put it on the board like a pun. Um, you know, c- cynical Christians. You know who I'm talking about? The, guy, the guys, who, the guys who, who already know all the right answers and, and nothing, nothing can phase them, nothing can excite them about God anymore. Oh, hell, I know. Yeah, that, that guy. The cynical Christian. The one who sees somebody get saved and is trying to do their very best for God and is excited and, you know, and just you know, all wide-eyed with wonder. And then, and then there's the professional Christian who's like, oh, yeah, that, that'll fade. <laughs> that guy. He's like, well, it's not re- you, don't, you don't live like that all the time. Once you get like me, then you're going to be saved and still uh, irritated, depressed, angry with everybody, and then you know, disillusioned with everything. So one day you'll get on my level. Yeah, what a blessing, what a calling, what a calling that would be. I'm a discourager of the body. Some people really are like that, though, you know? Like, that's their ministry, is to make sure we're all tethered, you know, to, to reality as they see it, and negativity, you know? Always got something negative to say. The spirit of the Eeyore upon them. God can heal. God, you know, I know, I know it. Not that it matters. You know what I mean? You ever run into somebody like this? Well, yeah, yeah, we can be passionate about that. And, you know, people might get saved. You know, you know sure, you know, God, God can do anything. He is wonderful. Not that it matters. I've seen it. I've seen it. Even the most wondrous things that, that the human mind can comprehend are a part of my walk with God. And, but all of us can be that way sometimes, you know? You know, we got one thing that went wrong in our day, and then now we're walking in the spirit of Eeyore. Anyway, I want to read another passage of Scripture, and here's the, the main one. 12, 10. Oh, yeah, we're good. We're good. Let's, let's do this thing. John 3. So the most famous, I think, uh, verse in the Bible is John 316, I think so. And so we're going to encompass that. But now instead of just quoting the verse, we're going to go all the way up and down and around it, you know, and, and then get the full context of what's going on here. There was a man of the Pharisees. Somebody say the Pharisees. What do we know about the Pharisees? Yeah, very judgmental, very, you know, very, very, uh, very negative, you know, just constantly, you know, an antagonist of Jesus, the Pharisees, the Pharisees. Um, I saw a great meme about 32% of you, yeah, about 60% of you probably know what a meme is, but for those of you who don't, hang, hang with me, um, and it's just a picture. I saw this meme of Jesus in the temple, and he's got, you know, the whip in his hands, you know, because you, you remember when, in this passage of scripture where he drives out the, all the... Uh, the, the money lenders, you know, the Pharisees, the people who are doing all this stuff. And the, the caption on the picture of him with a whip like that is, uh, I came to heal lepers and beat hypocrites, and I'm all out of lepers. <laughs> and it's the greatest meme in the world, I think. And so he's chasing them all out of there. So it's a, I, I love it. 
Um, these are Pharisees. This is one of these guys, this Pharisee, um, and he is named Nicodemus. So Nicodemus, he's a ruler of the Jews, picking up in verse 2. This man came to Jesus by night. Somebody say, by night. Said to him, Rabbi, which is teacher, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So he's kind of having a clandestine conversation, and he's like, okay, off the record here, I know there's something going on, and I want to hear what's going on, and I want to do it under cover of darkness because I don't want anyone else to know that I know that you know that I know this thing about you. That's what happened. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now, sometimes I have a problem reading the Bible because you don't know. It's kind of like texting. Um, how have you, everybody knows what a text is. Um, you know, we, we text each other. How many of you guys have received a text and you're like, hmm, I can't tell what tone this is in. Emojis help this, but you still don't always know. And, and it just says something like, well, I mean, maybe he's just chill. He's like, oh, oh yeah, talk to you later. Or he's like, yeah, talk to you later. Right? Right, you know? Yeah, you don't know. You don't know. Because I know people love to take offense, and you can't tell. You can't tell. Husbands and wives go through this. Yeah? They're like, she's like, yeah, go ahead and buy it. Or was it, yeah, go ahead and buy it. Or was it, yeah, go ahead and buy it. You know? As a pastor, oh, this is a nightmare. This is one of, my, this is one of the banes of my existence. You're like, yeah, thanks, brother. I'm like, oh, no, they're going to leave the church. Oh, oh, man, they hate me now. I've done wrong. You're like, oh, oh. I'm pulling my hair out. You know, I was like, what is that? I'm going to split the church, you know, because they're mad at me. And they're like, no, no, thanks, brother. We're good. Everything's good. Everything's good. And you just don't know. Text messaging um, you know, is really, really hard. So I've got, I've got some really good help for you in that area. I'm going to bless you with it. If you would use it, it will be a blessing unto your life. But that's kind of, and I'll tell you that in a minute. But that is kind of what I see here because I'm not sure exactly how smart Alec uh, Nicodemus is being. You know? I don't know if there's a genuine head scratch going on or if this is a very smart Alec comment because he says, um, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter in a second time in his mother's womb and be born? Is that, is that what you want? Very smart, Alec. Yeah? Like, oh, is that what you want? Is that, is that what we're going to do? Like 210 pounds or whatever? I'm not. I might be. Um, you know, if I, if I don't lay off that chocolate. But, and I, I'm going to, my, my mom, you want me to be born via my mom again? Is that how we're going to, is that what you're talking about? Stop, you're talking in riddles. Or is he kind of taking the attitude of, how, how can I do that? I mean, I, I, can't, I can't be born again, Jesus. Like, that intrigues me. I would like to, but I can't be born through my mom again. I can't be born like that. What are you saying? You know, you don't know for sure. And that's the problem with, you know, reading somebody's text. You don't know for sure. So we have to go through the rest of the conversation. And Jesus answered to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. And now I think he's looking at him, and Nicodemus is like, okay, processing. Verse 7 says, don't marvel. Do not marvel at the things I said to you, that you must be born again. And what I see in the subtext there is Jesus saying, stop overthinking that. Stop, stop making that more than what it is. Don't, don't marvel about that, that I said you must be born again. 
And then he kind of, and then he kind of sees, you know, where Nicodemus is. He said, "Listen here. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit." And so he's he, he's trying to get to break through to this guy who's, who wants everything logically laid out for him. He wants, you know, A, B, C. You know, I want to figure all this out. So he says, "Listen, you you can't handle." my answers right now, honestly, because you're not even looking through the right eyes. You don't get it. You don't understand. You're trying to, you're trying to answer question, get answers to questions that you don't even have the capacity to ask right. And so he breaks it down. He says, okay, so he said, okay, Nicodemus, do you know where the wind goes? I do not. Okay, well, you hear it, don't you? You see it, you know, blowing the flag. You see it blowing the trees. Where does it come from? And after it blows past, where does it go? And Nicodemus is like, well, uh, you know, because they don't have the knowledge and understanding that we do, you know. So it's like, well, I mean, he's like, but you don't question that that's there because you see the effects of it. You see it blow. You feel it. You understand. And, and so it is with the kingdom of God because you, you, you can't understand. And then he goes on to, uh, to correct another part. Nicodemus answers to him and says, well, how can these things be? I don't know. How, how is that possible? How? how? And Jesus answers and says to him, are you the teacher of Israel and you do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify, what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. Now, what does that mean? That means he is looking and saying, listen, you can't even believe the things that are right in front of you. You can't even understand. I am doing miracles. I am walking on water. I am obviously I, I speak true. You, I am healing lepers. I am causing the blind who have literally no, no eyesight from birth to see, the lame to walk, the deaf to hear again. I am causing people who were dead to come to life. And, and, and you can't even believe that. You can't even wrap your head around that. How am I supposed to teach you, help you, convince you of things that are spirit that you cannot see? And I can't just write out a theorem for you. I can't just give you a one, two, three, because it's a spiritual question. And when you can't even understand the basic things that you're looking at. No one has ascended to heaven, but he who comes down from heaven, that is the son of man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. For whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So now he's unpacking um, the salvation plan in the story. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. I cannot fail to remember that Nicodemus has come to him under the cover of darkness because he doesn't really want everybody to understand the fullness of what he knows and understands that, that this is, there's something different here. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. Amen. I kind of want to bring this back uh, 
to what we're talking about today, the new believer, the new experience of a believer who, uh, who's maybe been wearied or worn down. Maybe you've lost your fire, you've lost your passion for your zeal, your zeal for serving God. Nicodemus comes to Jesus off the official record at night and under cover of darkness. And that would be a good way for some of you to come to Jesus as well. I love me a good old-fashioned altar call. But sometimes what we need to do is have a candid conversation with Jesus, starting at the place where you both know that you are. Right? You can't always do that yet, church. Some of us need to have a conversation about where we actually are. You know? It's always awkward um, to, to fake it to two or three people whenever there's one other person there who knows what's going on. Right? That's awkward. Because that one person knows. See, and, but some of us are so good because maybe we've been saved for a little while. We're just good talkers, and we're good at, here's, a, here's your word of the day, pontificate, which means just like to talk big, to talk out loud, you know, to, to just, you know, something that would go with that kind of, you know. I'm good at that, and you're good at that. We're good at just at saying what is supposed to be said in the moment. Like, we have the answers because we, we know we've been taught, we've been, we've been uh you know, maybe raised around or we know just enough, or maybe you're just a good talker, um, you know, at your job or you're a good talker and that's, you know, what you focus on and, you know, you have no problem with that. But the thing is, the conversation that you have with God will be like Nicodemus in the sense that it's not everybody else listening. It's not everybody else kind of that you're talking to anymore because you've come to Jesus. And a lot of times, like, that's where we go wrong. You want to start a new trend in your life. You want to grow closer to God. You want to overcome some of the addictions, some of the problems, some of the negative mindsets and habits that you're walking in. You need to have a Nicodemus conversation with God, the one where you start out on the actual ground level that you're at. Instead of skipping over half of the real problems that you don't want to mention in front of other people and then starting off on this facade and trying to build a new walk with God, a new relationship with God on a facade that, that is going to crumble because we never got deep enough. You never had the nighttime talk with, you know, with Jesus. And you're wondering why maybe that some of the, uh, some of the re resolutions fail, some of the decisions that you make, some of the experiences that, that, that you, you kind of think that you have with God and worship and praise and reading the word and coming forward into an altar and pastors preaching his guts out and then you just, you, you, you preach and then, and then you come forward and then you get this together and it feels like it's gonna make a change and then it doesn't really and the problem I think is that we don't have the candid conversation that really penetrates to the heart of where we're living and where we're walking. We don't really face our doubts. And some of you are very, very smart people. Some of you are brilliant people. Some of you are, are very experienced. Some of you I could counsel with and talk to and encourage, and, and you, would be so, you would be so good at giving the right answer that I would never plumb the depths of the issues in your heart. Take that as a compliment. I said you were smart experience you know but Jesus is a very different very different thing every doubt every every negative mindset the real root of why you're not able to overcome that thing in your life he sees when you fail 
and he knows why you do. He is there, and he is waiting to help you through that. So honestly, some of us need to have a very, very candid, candid conversation with Christ. A candid conversation. And we need, to, we need to drop the Pharisee hat. Have you seen those? Crazy. Like, huge hat. Drop that. That's what Nicodemus does. He gets out of this, and they had these huge flowing robes, you know, with this fancy trim and these beads that you would hear when they would walk, right? Yeah, you hear them coming. They, they, were, they really wanted to be, a, a, you know, seen and heard. I mean, it was like a wedding veil for bearded, bearded dudes, you know, and white in the Middle East. You know, it, the dust everywhere. It's trying to, you know, these beards, not going to grow it as long as you can and just be humble. Sometimes they would actually, like, um, this is what I think. Um, they would actually practice their sad face before they walked out. Can you imagine this? I mean, you're, you know, guys, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe your wife or your, or your, you know, she's all, you know, trying to make sure everything's right. You know, you're trimming, you know, the trimming around here, trying to look good before you go out. These people, you know, these people would practice a sad face before going out. How lame are you to do that? But they wanted to be, they wanted to be seen as, as humble and, it, like, and to look like you're fasting. Jesus literally rebuked him for that. Like you come out and you, you know, you don't, you, you, and you have a long face on purpose. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's what they do. That's what they do. And Jesus rebukes him for it. He's like, he's like, splash some water on your face. Wash your face and go out and stop making sure you're only fasting so that everybody knows you're fasting. He goes nuts on him. He, he really rebukes him and says, I cannot believe that you're making this all, everything spiritual. You're, you're, you're so good at faking it. You're so good at faking it. You literally have the faces down, and, and you, you, you have the right outfits, and you want to be, and, and, and whenever you, you're getting ready to go throw, you know, $10 in the offering, like, you go to the bank first, say, can I get that in quarters? I'm trying to be heard here. Yeah. Like, I want to hear everything. You know, like, you, you, everything that you do is about being seen by other people as the spiritual person that you're pretending you are that God knows you're really not. That is a negative mindset that some of us have battled with. Everybody has probably done something like that on some, you know, and it's not always born out of the worst, you know, the worst, you know, purpose in the world. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, we, we want to do right. We want to be seen to do right. That's a very natural tendency. But God is just saying this. He's saying to Nicodemus, he's like, you're, yeah, this is a good start because you came without all of your, your deal and, 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 and you didn't pretend like you're fasting. You actually just, you're, but you have to live like that. You have to walk like that. You have to understand that that's, that's the only way to change. You can go ahead and come, sis. The only way to change is to get to the root of what's really going on and have a candid conversation with Christ. Say, well, I kind of tell everybody else that this is where I'm at. Uh, God, God, since you kind of know can we start there? Can we start in the area that I'm not allowed to say? Can we, God, here's the thing. Here's what some of you need to do. You need to go to God in prayer. Probably not even here. Probably by yourself somewhere. You know what I mean? Because we can do it here. And we will. We're going to all pray together, hopefully. But you need to go to God by yourself. And this is what would change your life. You want to know? 
how do I change out of these things? How do I, how do I, how do I not fall back into the same negative cycle that I've been again and again and again? Cut through all the spiritualistic, pharisaic nonsense. All, you need to forget all the right answers. That sounds like heresy. But it's not. You need to forget all the right answers. And you need to go before God with humility and reality and sit there and say, God, would it be all right if just this once I said the quiet part out loud? Because I am tired of trying to build new habits and a new life and a new way of living and a new way of being who I'm supposed to be on a false foundation. And I just like, you know, God, you know where I'm at on this. And, and everyone else thinks I'm here and I'm actually here. So I'm trying to live here. But I can't. And that's all hollow and it's false and it's not sustainable because honestly, God, honestly, God, I really do have some doubts. There, I said it. I said the quiet part out loud. I did. I don't care. God, I have some doubts about about the way things are working out right here and, and why, and, and I was doing the right things and then you still let this happen and then they prayed for me and they put their hands on me and you said that maybe I could be healed and then I wasn't. So I kind of, yeah, I'm tired of living like I don't have doubts when I do because it's creating a very, very hollow existence for me and I can't be who I'm supposed to be. On level seven, but how things that I'm supposed to know on level two. And Jesus said, it's okay. It's okay. We got to get some stuff right, some very basic stuff right in your life. And then, and then there are things, and Jesus has a tender conversation with him, and he says, listen, 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 listen. That's fine, Nicodemus. I mean, do you know where the wind blows? where it goes, where it comes from. You don't understand that. So I understand you don't have to know everything and understand every little thing for you to be real with me about those things. Some of you are here saying, God, I don't know why it didn't work out this way. I thought I did everything right. I thought I thought I could be something else. I thought I could do something else. And here I am. Five years later, ten years later, one year later. And I'm, I feel worse than and when I started out, because like even the little bit I've been able to do is kind of on a false front because I still got these questions. And Jesus says, it's all right. It's all right. But look at me. I am the son of God. And he says, Nicodemus, what about the things that you have seen? Why don't we wake up the wonder? Why don't you start again today by believing the most simple thing about God? I'm telling you right now under the, uh, under the leading of the Holy Spirit that there are lives in here that would change if you would scrap all that you think you know and start out on the square one that God loves you. Yes. You're a very simple preacher. Yeah, that's true. This is true. God loves you. And here's the deal, my friend. You don't really believe that because you don't even know who you are. And you have convinced yourself that God only loves the form of you that is doing right all these one, two, three things. But God loves you right where you are. 
right in the middle of your mess, right in the middle of your bad cyclical decisions, God loves you. And you need to have a candid conversation with Jesus and start living simply. And wake up the wonder. The wonder of, God, I don't know why you love me because you know I'm a big old hypocrite. You know that I, I make mistakes and that I, 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 I have bad habits and bad cycles. You need to start there. Stop trying to keep up the appearances of here. When you and God, and probably everybody else too, it's funny how we think like, no, I have this perfect image of everyone else. They think that I am perfect. No, they didn't. No, they don't. No, we don't. We, we, know, we know you're messed up, by the way. You know? Like, that's how I am. Like, God, I have this lofty image to upkeep. I can't start out where. No, you don't. You can sense a broken person a mile away. You know, we're like that though, aren't we? We, we assume that everyone thinks, you know, no, they see you. They, they know you're struggling. And the thing is, they love you and they care about you and they want to see you do and be all that you can be. The only, honestly, the only person, I'm almost done, the only person that you are keeping up this facade for is your own pride. And when I say it like that, it doesn't seem quite worth it, does it? Can you imagine the weight of trying to keep up with a good, proper Christian life by yourself without even getting the root stuff right? That sounds exhausting. That sounds devastating to me. No wonder people get burnt out and beat up. Don't you understand? Nicodemus comes and has a candid conversation with Jesus, and it changes everything because he knows that's where you start you're here and you've never been saved, you need to get saved, this would be a great day to do it. This would be a great day. Man, maybe the greatest day. Yeah, it would be awesome. It would be so great to really give your heart and soul over to Jesus Christ. If that's you, come forward now. Come on. If you really just need to give your heart and soul over to Jesus Christ completely and get on this, come now. Give myself to you, Jesus. That's what I want to do. I've never done it. Come forward into this altar. Never want to leave that one. Yeah, leave that one out. So for the rest of you, we need to make other changes. We need to break out of other cycles and habits and just mind frame, mindsets and ways of doing things. And you don't know how to do it. You are saved, but you don't quite know how because everything that I'm preaching, I've just been like spiritually... <laughs> right, right there, because you know what I'm talking about. Tell you what. You've got to start out at the feet of Jesus, being real with your Savior about where you actually are, and start building up there. And then God will cause all of these ladder changes that you need in your life to come to pass. But take that first step be candid and true with where you're at. Amen.